Welcome to the Healers Rising podcast by Caitlin Diana and the Magic Beyond Boundaries team, where we explore what it means to be a lightworker, starseed, and multidimensional being, so you can live a life full of magic, expansion, and play, because we are, right now, creating the world we want to see. All right, so welcome to tonight's controversial conversation. We are going to talk all about how to work with the tough stuff because I don't know about you guys, but holy banana farts, has there been some triggering subjects over the last couple of months and it seems like you can't open your mouth without somebody jumping down your throat. Let me know if anybody else has been feeling that way because it doesn't matter whether you are racist or aren't racist, you're actually still racist. It doesn't matter whether you believe in the coronavirus or don't believe in the coronavirus, you're probably still the problem. And we have this giant issue right now, which is what I prefer to look at as systemic ignorance. And (laughs) this is what I want to address tonight. Like, how do we as awakening beings work within this paradigm? Because we're all here here in the now with these human bodies, human souls, human minds that are not immune to all of the frequencies that are going on around us. We are a part of this fabric and story that is happening right now. And so we can't put our heads in the sand and run from it and just be like, I only live in 5D and everything's magical over here. Like that doesn't work because I don't know about you guys, but today I had to do my own laundry and I had to wash the floor and make some food for my kids. And so therefore I'm still existing in a 3D reality at this point in time, even though I am magical AF. So I want to talk to you guys about how do we actually not only exist in this time period because it's going to go on for a little bit longer than we'd all like, but how do we learn to thrive with it? How do we actually use the information and the situation and everything that's going around like around for us to our advantage. So here's the first thing I want to share with you guys about how I view all of these triggering subjects that are coming up. I look at them like monopoly. Has everybody played that game? I know it's really popular and you've been around the board and you pass go and get 200 bucks and away you go again. I look at the subjects that are coming up like Monopoly. Here's why. The first couple steps you make into it, it seems kind of surface and triggering and you get a little excited because maybe you could buy a $60 property, but you don't know if it's going to pan out in the end. And the further you go in the game, the deeper you get into it and the more your psychological factors start going and you're like, oh, was that the right move? I don't know if I did the right thing. Should I have spent my money there? These triggers kind of work the same way. When we get going out the gate, we get excited about them. Now, excited doesn't necessarily mean the like, yes, I'm so happy, we're going excited. Excited could be a big emotion that kind of overtakes our field that we don't have a lot of control over. So excitation is an elevation of something. So I could have an excitation of anger come up. I could have an excitation of sadness or fatigue or uh, grief come up. I could have an excitation in my body of passion and forward focus. So 
exciting doesn't necessarily mean, woohoo, good. It means something has gone big up to the surface. Okay? So if I have an excitation going on about a particular subject, so let's take the Kate, you guys will all catch my drift with this. You know the thing that everybody's really afraid to get right now that's going around the entire globe. We call it the he who shall not be named plague in our circle so that none of my videos get taken off of Facebook or YouTube. So in short, we'll call it Voldemort, okay? So let's take the Voldemort subject. Now, I think all of us at some point can agree that we have gotten excited about some factor about that. I'm gonna get it, I'm not gonna get it. My grandma's gonna get it, she's not gonna get it. I'm on isolation, I'm gonna lose my job. I'm not gonna lose my job, everything's fine. I should wear the mask. No, I shouldn't wear the mask. Everybody's gonna die, nobody's gonna die, right? We've all had some kind of excitation trigger throughout this process. But what came next? After you had that elevated emotion or story come up into your mind, your brain kicked in. And your brain started making all sorts of interesting connections based on your previous levels of education, experience, and your conditions, and the environment around you. So the environment consisted of things like, how were you raised? What is your belief system about your body? What did your parents tell you is possible, not possible? What has your education told you is possible, not possible, right? And then you started filling in the gaps. Think about this. How many stories have you seen on the internet? I mean, just go scroll somebody's Facebook feed from March, like super simple exercise. How many things have you seen written from an individual's point of view where you can't back up what they've said, but it makes sense. Like they're linking dot to dot to dot, but there's no evidence that really says this is 100% true. What's happened is that brain has done some skip steps. And in the skip steps, we got a piece of information. So Voldemort is here. Voldemort is apparently rampaging across the planet, causing all of these crazy effects. Then we have another piece of information that comes in and it says, everybody's gonna be on lockdown, isolation, don't talk to anybody, right? And in between there, what they didn't really say in the beginning was how you're gonna get it, why you're gonna get it, what happens with it, where it's coming from, why it's happening. We started to connect some neural dots and we started making our own stories. When we start making our own stories about an excitation, we actually create an Akashic record. Or we borrow or imprint somebody else's Akashic record and buy it as our reality. Like, think about that for a second. Has anybody noticed over the last couple, yeah, empathy, hashtag, totally, has anybody noticed over the last couple of months that sometimes you don't recognize who you are? Like your brain has kind of been going in another direction. Your emotions have taken over. You kind of just don't feel like yourself. What if you weren't? What if for a moment in time, you were riding somebody else's wave? 
What if you stepped into somebody else's imprinted Akashic record because they had already laid it down and it was the closest thing that vibrationally made sense to your energy field? Seriously, I would wager a very non-able-to-be-backed-up, statistical, non-evidenced amount of people, probably like 90% of the globe, is riding other people's Akashic records. So here's the next part of that. Are Akashic records true or real 100% of the time? Nope. Because we do something called building false realities. And a false reality is exactly what I said to you guys, where you get one piece of information and then there's another disconnected piece over here. And then we fill in this giant blank in between with our story of what makes sense. Has anybody in this circle ever experienced anxiety before? Because that's a really clear way of looking at a false reality. When somebody has um, anxiety, often they are constantly thinking about what's going to or could happen if they. And so they build up a false reality of the outcome before it's even taken place and before they even give it the space to take on a totally different potential. Okay, so we have all of these triggering subjects right at our fingertips right now to play with, and some of them will have affected you and some won't. I'll give you an example. And before anybody does anything, let's all who are present here tonight just run a quick clearing. Everywhere and anywhere, I want to be triggered by somebody else's reality. I'm going to destroy and uncreate at all times a godzillion, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, poc, all nine shorts, boys, and beyonds. And then secondly, anywhere and everywhere, I want to try and project my reality on anybody else's. I'm going to destroy and uncreate and recall and recant and rescind all of that times a godzillion. So what I want us all to do, and this is part of tonight's lesson, is become 100% accountable for just our own field. Not the collective, not the circle, just us. Because if I become accountable for me, it then says to Violet, okay, please stay in your container while we have this interaction. If Violet and I can both do that, and Maria, you're right underneath her, we're going to demonstrate that. Maria can't come into our circle and start pulling energy because Violet and I don't allow it. So then Maria has to get responsible for her energy, so on and so forth, all the way down the line. This is how we start to create the shifts we want to create on this planet. It's not global. It's one person at a time reclaiming their soul sovereignty and becoming 100% accountable. Okay, on a tangent. So if we are getting into these triggering subjects, I'm going to share one for you guys of my own reality and somewhere where I actually got personally attacked by another healer within this realm who told me that I was not working for the light because I did not speak up about this particular event. I did not speak up about the Black Lives Matter movement. I didn't send an email about it. I didn't make a big post about it. I didn't do a circle about it. I got attacked for this and I was told that I was part of the systemic racism on this planet 
because I didn't use my voice to influence the people around me in the same way that everybody else was talking about it. Now, there was a small part of me that went, oh my God, what if she's right? And then I took that trigger and I went in because the fact that I got to the point that I was questioning somebody else's reality being my own told me that I had something within my field that I had to address. I had to go look in the mirror to double check what the heck is this. When I went in and I looked at this on a really deep level, I came to a couple of pieces of understanding. I don't want to use the word conclusions because I think we're all in evolution. And as soon as we get into conclusion, we're kind of stuck, right? I like to leave the field open to what else is possible. Number one, I realized that in this lifetime, I had a friend who happened to have black skin when I was seven years old, where I experienced my first episode of racism in my own home. My grandfather, who, super interesting fact, had a reptilian walk-in, um, he came over to our house. My friend was always, already there. Her name was Susan. And he saw Susan and I come up the stairs from the basement from playing. That's where my playroom was. And he said, nope, you guys are going to have to go back downstairs. And I was like, he was kind of a jerk anyway. So, I mean, I didn't like being around the man anyhow, but I'm like, this is weird. And he looked at my mother, who he also didn't like, and he said to her, why is there a black child in this house? That was my first introduction as a human in this timeline to any sort of racism. And after my friend went home, my grandfather told me about all the reasons why I had to only associate with people who were like me. And it was at that moment that I started to understand I wasn't like my family. I was the black sheep. I didn't see things through the same lens that he saw them. Yeah, I recognized that her skin was a different color than mine. Did I give two flying Pony farts? No. I know some of you guys have kids in the room, so I'm like, wait, where are all my alternative swears? There's one. Um, did I care that her skin was another color? No. At that age, did I recognize that there was going to be a problem with us interacting? No. Did I treat her any differently? No. Have I as a soul ever treated somebody of color any differently? Yes. So here's where I had to go next with my trigger. I grew up in a town that was almost 100% white people. We actually joked, we call it Sure White Park because there was like the one black family there at the time. It's much different now, but at that time, that's just how it was. And the first time my mom took me into the big city to go to the shopping mall, and it was after this event, and I saw in this part of Edmonton, people of all different colors, I went, in fact, I was 10 years old and wouldn't let go of her hand because of how much programming my grandfather and my father had put into my head from the time of that event of my friend being there to the time I went and saw more people who weren't like me. So you know what I did? I started 
bypassing. I started bypassing. I, I wouldn't even see them. I wouldn't even look. I wouldn't acknowledge because I was so bloody scared that all these things that my grandfather had told me were going to be true. And it wasn't until I was about 21 years old when I started my first business. So I had a horseback riding facility for quite a few years. And I had a family come out who was Indian. And the mom wore a full hijab. And it was a very different experience for me because all I could see were her eyes. And I, that was the first moment as an adult where I had to completely shut down all my responses because this was a paying client. Like I had no clue that they were coming and what their names were didn't seem like anything. I had to shut down all my responses and go inwards with all my triggers. I remember her walking me in, or we were in my office and she was looking at billing or something like that. And my husband had left and she took her hijab off for the first time. And she said to me, I noticed that when I first walked in, you didn't know how to look at me. And she was the one who brought it forward to me and said, you know what? What I've learned is that the eyes are the window to the soul. And she said to me, if you erased everything else and you just found my eyes, you'll be able to see who we are on this same frequency. She was the first people, person to drop that to me. Somebody who had deeply ingrained religious beliefs about being covered like this gave me that clue. And when she gave me that clue, that's when I was able to start unwinding all of the prejudices that were ingrained in my system. Now that was at 21, I am 33 this year. And at 33, with all of the stuff that's coming now, I have evolved a lot between then and now. When I got psychically attacked, and all of you guys will have experienced this, especially if you've put anything controversial on your timelines. I had to sit back and number one, look at my triggers about this, but I had to also go, what's actually going to help the collective right now? Just for shits and giggles. How many of you guys have truly seen any change come from any of the movements that are out there right now about the people shouting from the rooftops? Like, I haven't seen anything change. In fact, what I have seen is the opposite. There's more derogatory role play going on. There's more people shouting out from the other end of the spectrum who are not happy about it being brought to the surface. Exactly. It's stirring up more drama. It's stirring up more drama because what's happening is people are playing with something called polarity fields or duality fields. So we have something that we play with in humanity called a resonance field, but most people treat these as duality fields, okay? So most people would see things as either good or bad, right? White, black, loving, evil, light, dark, right? We would see things in a duality field, but what people don't know is that every issue that comes up for us is on a resonance loop. It's not a resonance line of a duality scale. It's on a resonance loop with multiple possibilities. And so, for example, if 
I was viewing something as bad. So we're going to take the topic of racism because it's incredibly triggering for so many people. If we take the topic of racism, we go, it's bad. Then the opposite people would be like, I don't think good would be the right word. They would go, it's necessary. And there it's necessary would come from either a fear-based response or a triggered response. Now, once somebody gets to the point where they're triggered, they can either do what I did, which was become apathetic and just chose to bypass and not look at it, or they might jump over to being experimental and seeing, well, what's actually possible with this? They're in the same issue, but they're just doing the dance with all the possibilities. Once they get to this experimental thing, they might start saying, you know what? These other people are actually just people. This is really cool. And yeah, there's been some really freaking awful stuff that has happened in the revolutions, meaning revolve is just to go around in a circle, right? In the revolutions of humanity. But you know what? This is actually where I stand. I am totally accepting and loving and okay with everybody. But they might land over here and they might go, well, I'm going to tolerate them. So this is a totally different energy, right? So this is where my dad would line. He would go, I will tolerate anybody of a different color than I. And I mean, we are whiter than white. Like my ring light makes me look like I have a beautiful complexion, but I am Icelandic, Scottish, UK, like you name it, all the super opalescent breeds. That's me in one container. Um, Anybody who is not like blonde, red-haired, blue-eyed doesn't run in our family line. So my dad landed over here because he would interact with these people, but he was never truly comfortable. He would never truly see anybody who wasn't white for who they were. So here's the point of this, you guys. As growing starseeds, as awakening beings, our point is never to get to a space of permanence. We're never getting to a space of permanence because that stops evolution. We're getting to another level of exploration of the information. I hope you got as much out of that episode as I did. And if you want to continue the conversation, you can follow us on any of our social media channels or head over to our website at caitlindiana.com.